Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get notified when I post this interesting content each and every week. My guest today is Loretta Chow. Loretta is the Vice President of Strategy and Startups at the American Journalism Project. Prior to that, she worked as a reporter at the Wall Street Journal, and she was Director of Strategy and Operations at Vice Media. She's here today to discuss the results of an interesting survey regarding the current state of local news or lack of local news and what people want from their local news. Loretta, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's get right into it. So let's start with the survey. Uh, What was the rationale behind the survey uh, and why is it so important in today's uh, news landscape? Sure. So would it be helpful if I also talked a little bit about what AJP is that might oh, yeah, so of course, of course, context. of course, of course. Um, so I had that question American... coming up a little later, but go for it, go for it. <laughs> sure. Um, I, well, I won't go too deep into it, but AJP is um, a venture philanthropy that's dedicated to local news. Um, as many people might know, and they're sort of just observing what's going on with their local newspapers, that has been on a decline, as in jobs have been lost. A lot of jobs have been lost over the last uh, you know, couple decades. And so um, the work that we did with this survey was actually not just one singular survey, it was a collection of different um, research that we did in different markets, exploring information needs um, from what we hear from residents. And through that work, we've been in about nine markets now, um, and we've talked to thousands of people, uh, more than 5,000 at this point. <clears throat> and we thought that we learned so much from this experience that it was worth it to sh- share it out and and let people know what people wanted out of local news. Hmm. And what were some of the uh, common themes and interesting uh, information you you gleaned from the from the survey? Um, so there were a bunch, and I think um, most prominently, we heard from people that they really do want to know what's going on in their communities. But the way that the sort of market dynamics are working now is that there isn't a ton of incentive for media companies as they sort of cut their resources to really do very local community-based um, reporting. And instead, what you're seeing is a lot of people are getting more exposure to national topics, ideological topics, things that are not necessarily immediately close to their everyday life. Um, and in absence of that, I think people are feeling the effects of it, like polarization, misinformation, and things like that. So we overwhelmingly hear from people like, yes, I would love to be more engaged in what's happening in my neighborhood. I would love to know what my neighbors are up to. I'd love to know like what the solutions are to some of these problems I know that are happening. Um, and that's really like encouraging, but I think not always a given. I think that sometimes we look around and we see audiences that are like super engaged on on social media, but not so much reading the news anymore. And, you know, I think it begs the question, like, do people even want this? And I think what we are hearing from these thousands of people we've talked to is like, absolutely, yes. It's just a matter of like, what should that information be and what form should it take that reaches people effectively? Um, And then other things, uh, you know, are sort of like, I think people want actionable information. I think what Mm -hmm. we hear from people is like, sure, uh, it's nice that, you know, these people are writing about you know, policy changes and things that might affect my life. But like, I don't have time for all that. Um, You know, I, you know, I've got my basic needs that I need to take care of right now. I need to know like, okay, about this education policy, what does that mean for my kid? How do I get my kid into this program or that program? Um, Like really things that they can apply to, to sort of like and incorporate into their life. Um, And that among sort of many other things. 
Were there some things that surprised you in terms of uh, getting the results from the survey? Uh, again, you're, you're, the topic of local news is so, uh, I, I imagine it means different things to different people. Uh, so maybe what are some of the things that you weren't expecting in the results? I think that a lot of the public discourse about local journalism or journalism in general is that um, journalism is meant to inform the public. Hmm. Um, But I think that if you really do community listening work like this, what you'll quickly learn is that people are not sitting around like, I wish I was more informed. Um, I think people (laughs) see journalism as a two-way street. They see the role of their local newsrooms being as much about elevating their questions and what they think than as it is about Um, telling them what's going on. And I think they want both. So um, what's surprising to me is that, you know, I would think, I guess I wouldn't have assumed that a lot of typical news consumers are that like well-versed or on on like kind of the journal, the concept of the fourth Mm. estate and journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think people are very clear eyed about like saying, yeah, I do think reporters should be holding people accountable. Um, I do think that there's a function for that, but in doing so, I think that they should be bringing my questions to the table um, and not just asking, you know, you know, kind of like operating with like the questions that they have, but like coming into my community, spending time with me and my neighbors and saying like, what is it that's important to you and 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 kind of bringing that. Um, and also people notice that they are not represented in the newsrooms that cover them. So that's yeah. a that's a that's a whole other thing. Um, and I think it's the 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 connection or the disconnect between not having people from the community in a newsroom and then what happens as a result in the coverage is very clear. Um, and I think people articulate that really well as well in these, these results. Um, this question is, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a question I came up with. So let, let's see if you can, if you can answer great, if not, if it's, if it doesn't make sense, that's sure. fine too. Um, is there a difference between what people need from local news versus what they want from local news? Um, for, from our perspective and the way that we do this, um, community listening, which is in the form of surveys, text messaging, focus groups, interviews, and things like that. Um, we don't see a difference. Basically what we're saying is we want people to tell us what they need. Um, people may not have sat around thinking philosophically about local news a lot. So the the interviews and focus groups are super helpful to like really get into sort of what people think. Um, because, you know, when you're work, when you're, when you exist outside of the media space, you may not use media jargon and reporting terms and things like that. But what you will know is like what information is going to get you through the week. You know, if you're looking for a job, what would be helpful for you in that moment? If you are a person who is dealing with the criminal justice system, how are you, what are you supposed to expect when you go to court? Um, these are all like really great story ideas and questions that people have. Um, and I think like, it's just, um, and actually, actually, I'm, I feel like I'm getting tangential to your question. No, no, it's fine. No, 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 no. You're right on point. You're um, right on point. Yeah. So, so I think that this is the sort of, you know, the sort of thing that like that that newsrooms can pay attention to. Um, obviously, technology has played a role in this. Um, you know, back in the day, you would actually get a physical newspaper thrown. There, you had, you had paper boys. You know, that wasn't that long ago, or paper people, I should say, wasn't that long ago. But um, is it a situation where maybe the the local paper, the physical paper those days may be over? And the reason I ask that is because so many people get and, and you know, news is a is a is a term that it means different things to different people. Right. Uh, you, if you get your news on Facebook, you're probably getting one particular perspective. Or if you get on cable news, you're probably getting one particular perspective that that you agree with and you feel comfortable with. 
Um, but having said that, in that landscape, um, what are some of the opportunities to penetrate through some of that and actually get at the ground level where there are people doing interesting things in communities? And how is that going to be reported on? And, and was that some of the was, were those some conversations uh, had in the survey? And if not, are the, what, what are your thoughts on that? People um, are really um, open about wanting to get news where they where they're at. So people who are like, look, I'll be honest, I'm the first person to say I don't open the local newspaper anymore. I don't buy it from the newsstands, but I do want to know things. However, if it's not on Instagram or Facebook, I'm right. probably not going to see it. People right. will, will, will be open about that. Um, I think that like, but there there are, you know, through our research, we also find there are like print isn't just on decline, right? I think that there's a lot going on in the media industry um, that people are worried about preserving, but a lot of mm -hmm. that is just kind of like legacy infrastructure. And the really fascinating thing that's happening in the nonprofit news field is we're seeing some of these newer organizations that have come up in the last like five years or so really innovate in the digital space and like think from the perspective of their audience and say like, okay, well, what's a strategy we can use that's not just like driving people to a paywall or in, in the case right. of nonprofit, there is no paywall, but like driving people to website. Um, and, and if they're on Instagram, can we just relay the information there? Um, so I think that that is a big question. Newsrooms of all kinds should deal with both old and new. And I think the reality is that there are ways to leverage all of these different platforms to reach all the different people you need to reach. Um, and I think what's clear from community listening work is there are lots of people who have just always felt disconnected from traditional media. They may not have been subscribers. Um, they may have just felt it was not for them. It may have been done by extremely undiverse newsrooms and things like that. And because of that, they're disconnected anyway. If you're going to reach everyone with the information they need, you've got to be flexible in how you're delivering it. Hmm. Um, the reason I asked that question is because there's also a, um, you know, time seems to have been sped up. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the local paper would come out in the morning and there would be events from the previous day, whereas now, uh, you know, if, if, you know, President Biden stumbles on the on the tarmac immediately, that's out. It's out there. People know about it. Um, is there a way to get to that immediacy with local news? Uh, because I would think that would be maybe a disadvantage in terms of, um, you know, trying to get people interested in what's happening like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the immediacy is possible. Of course, immediacy from on that level costs money and that's why a lot of the money's flowing toward things with broader audiences mm -hmm. like national news mm -hmm. um i think that when people talk about what they really want it's more that they, they care more about trust than immediacy if that makes sense mm -hmm. so like you you do have to have um you know from from our sort of like experience seeing organizations grow you do have to have enough of a volume enough of a cadence to have an impact with your journalism like if you're only writing one article a year great but how much impact are you going to have as a you know as opposed right. to being right. the source of information people turn to on a daily basis? So there's a bit of that. There's like some minimum threshold of volume of content you have to be putting out. But as far as like being on top of things minute to minute, I think there's it's less about that and it's more about are you on top of things in a way that leads people to trust you? Are you doing it in an unbiased fashion? Are you um, taking the time to sort of make your reporting and your and your content practices more inclusive. And if you do that, then over time you build trust with with the community that you're serving. And when something's happening, they'll know where to go. There's gonna be real-time stuff happening, you mm -hmm. know, on social media and things like that, on TikTok, on Twitter. Um, and what they want is an anchor in the community to say, like, okay, well, at least we know that this is the place where we get the facts. 
you referenced it a little earlier. I know people spoke to the um, aspect of having news that reflects or um, represents me. And and what I mean by that is uh, diversity and all in having different uh, varieties of opinion and thoughts. Um, in your survey, I know people talked about that. What are some of the, the ways that people want to be included in that conversation to ensure that they're getting the type of representation and the kind of, um, you know, dignity and news that they deserve? I think when they say that, you know, the thing that drives it is that they know whatever exposure, a lot of people in, in certain neighborhoods, um, it's sometimes it's because of income, sometimes it's because of location, like if they're in the rural area, sometimes because of race, they feel like reporters only show up when something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, that is sort of like the nature of how like the industry evolved. But I think people are very clear that's like, it's not that we don't want to know about the bad things we do, but we also want you to be there for us when we're celebrating the good things right and like um on the back end of media we know that like okay maybe the quote-unquote good stories don't get as much traffic and you might take that as a signal of people not really wanting that but I think that it actually means that like you're the totality of the work that you're doing in a place in a mm -hmm. community it matters including all the bits and pieces of it even the lesser performing articles and stuff um so so I think, uh, you know, I I think that from people's perspective, that's what, and, and did I, sorry, if you want to oh, go yeah. back. No, no, that's fine. No, 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 no. That was about diversity and how people can ensure that they're getting the type of diverse news and, and being yeah. represented in these newsrooms, because you're absolutely right. Uh, without that, um, you're not going to connect to what what the news is. It's, it does, it's not going to relate to you if you can't um, feel it, if it's not something that you're interested in, or it's not reflecting a point of view that uh, that you find value in. And, and many and times, I, yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And I think that like when you have people from the community in your newsroom working, whether that's as staff or through community reporting programs like that we've seen um, in the nonprofit field, like uh, like there's there's some there's something called documenters where they'll pay, train and pay residents to go and document public meetings. That's, there are several sites about that around the country. And that's a really powerful way to say, like, for people to see their own neighbors working on news within their communities um, and helps to, like, bring that representation and build that trust and show, like, this newsroom is for you and is made mm -hmm. up of people who um, understand your experience from a firsthand level. Uh, maybe talk to me about some of the generational aspects of this, because, you know, my parents, you know, the six o'clock news and they were, you know, that's that was their thing and getting a newspaper. Uh, my daughter is more of the, you know, she's on the phone and she's going to these different sites to get her news. Um, where do young people play in this? Because, you know, the future of what you're talking about is literally the future of reshaping local news. And so how will young young people uh, play a role in that? Um, I think that, what, you know, what's interesting is when you really get into the sort of like talking to people about how they get exposure to news, um, multi-generational households really like spread you know, things around sure. differently. Mm -hmm. um, TV still plays a role, I think, in people's households, even if younger people don't watch it voluntarily. They may be around parents or grandparents who do. Um, young people on the flip side, they hear about things going on on social media and they kind of circulate it to, to people who are not on those platforms. So it's really interesting to see those dynamics. And um, I do think that it's sort of like the job of newsrooms to be all the places where all these generations are. Because, you know, if you only go for like the sort of middle of the bell curve, then it's like harder mm -hmm. to, you know, to, to make sure you're engaging all the audiences that need it. Um, for young people, just pretty clear, like 
they they're not in the habit of reading newspapers on the internet it's forget about newspapers you know right, <laughs> right. they're not they're, they're they're not thinking waking up every day like i need to check like the weather and you know like because they're getting their weather from something else so um, tell me now, let's, uh, I know you mentioned it a little earlier, but I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into AGP. So tell me about the American Journalism Project and uh, how you got involved and uh, why it's such a, a needed organization, particularly in today's uh, media environment. The American Journalism Project uh, got started in 2019, and we are uh, we call ourselves a venture philanthropy, which essentially means we invest in the growth of nonprofit news organizations around the country. We've now invested in about 37 um, and we're on our second fund. And the point of our investments are to um, provide the sort of business and operating capacity for organizations to grow and build local support um, so that they can sustain themselves in the long run. Um, and so far the theory is working. Um, a lot of our portfolio organizations are doing really, really well. They're also innovators in their field. Um, the documenters program I mentioned earlier, that came out of a, a Chicago organization called City Bureau. Um, and there are others that are doing really cool things with distributing information on text message um, and WhatsApp and, and in language and things like that. So um, that's sort of what, why we exist as an organization. We're really hoping that we will continue to sort of catalyze this movement to think about how local news is supported differently so that it can survive the sort of headwinds of the market you know, because we know that it can't just solely be dependent on just advertising and subscriptions, especially if you want news to be accessible to everyone, regardless of whether or not they can pay. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why AJP exists. And we have a few different programs to do it. We make grants, as I mentioned. Um, we also um, start new organizations as well. That's part of our local philanthropy partnerships program. So when there is like um, a group of local funders or other community leaders that are interested in solving the local news problem in their market, they'll come to us and we'll do these um, community listening efforts and uh, market assessments to just understand what the information gaps are in their market and what potential solutions are. And then we go and we um, sort of invest in, in a solution. And we we help with getting things started. Um, my my as we start to wrap up here, my last question for you is uh, well, I have two more questions, but this question is um, where did you get your interest in general in journalism and being a reporter, uh, particularly working at the Wall Street Journal and and also being at Vice, which is you know kind of those are not necessarily the opposite end of the spectrum, but that's that's a pretty wide gap in 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 uh, corporate perspective. So uh, where did your love for journalism come from? Where'd you grow up? How did this all get started for you? Sure. Um, I grew up in New York um, and I actually became interested in journalism when I was still in high school because more about a sort of like public service lens. Um, mm -hmm. I really wanted to do something for my community. I interned at local newspapers here um, and that was my way in. Um, the way once I knew I wanted to be a journalist, uh, you know, the industry sort of funnels you into these big publications like the Wall Street Journal. And I was really lucky to be able to have opportunities there. It was at a time that they were really um, putting in a concerted effort to diversify their staff. And so they were looking in different places. And I was a very sort of like, uh, I had an unusual background, I would say, compared to my colleagues um, being in that newsroom. But I think that it was a great opportunity. Um, and then ended up as like a foreign correspondent for a while, lived in different countries, um, covered business and technology. Um, but I really kind of wanted to get back to the roots of why I got into journalism in the first place, which is local public service. So um, and also I saw that our industry was struggling and I really wanted to be part of the solution to sort of like enable people who are better and smarter than me to keep doing journalism. 
Um, so that's why I ultimately left. I actually worked in tech for a while and then went to Vice in a business role. So that was like sort of my transition out of the newsroom. Um, so I was director of strategy and operations there and, uh, and then came to AJP from that. This was sort of like, this is sort of the dream job for me, actually. <laughs> I, I could see the passion. Uh, you yeah. definitely uh, are. And you, you light up when you're talking about this and uh, you can, it, it comes across. So uh, I do want to thank you for taking the time to come on the Edric show. But if people want more information about AGP or the survey or to read it or, uh, or even to, you know, maybe share their thoughts on, on local news, uh, where can they go to get the information? Um, our website is theajp.org. The um, results of the research are there and sort of other resources too that people might be interested in. They could always feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm on Twitter at Loretta Chow. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to come on the Edric Show. Uh, it's very, very important work. Uh, you know, it's, it's not hyperbole. Uh, the free press is the foundation of a successful democracy. <laughs> and if we don't have that, uh, it, it's definitely going to be a challenge uh, going forward with some of the big issues of our time, not only nationally, but locally as well. Many of the big issues nationally definitely hit home locally. And I don't think people maybe uh, understand that sometimes. So uh, again, Loretta Chow, Vice President of Strategy and Startups at American Journalism Project. Thank you so much for coming to Edric Show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This You're very welcome. You're very welcome. This has been another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Please hit that subscribe button. Let me know what I'm doing as I bring you this content each and every week. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I will catch you on the next episode.